Thank you, Meg. Surely the presence. Surely the presence of the Lord was felt earlier this week during Unity's World Day of Prayer services. I don't know if you got the chance to watch them or even heard about them, but um, every time around this year, we honor and recognize the power of affirmative prayer as a declaration of the truth of who we are. And this year, the theme was standing in truth, I move from fear to faith. If you haven't seen these services yet, um, you can still watch them. It was entirely virtual this year. Just go to unity.org slash WDOP for World Day of Prayer. Unity.org slash WDOP. I was very honored and humbled to be one of the featured ministers speaking um, at this event that was witnessed by thousands around the world. And I want to first thank all of you who sent me texts and Facebook messages and called me to tell me how much what I shared um, really moved you. And many of you were not aware of me living in this constant journey of fear to faith, um, especially when it uh, comes to my daughter and her welfare um, at this time. But I won't rehash that whole thing. Go, go watch it. Um, all the messages and the music was uh, by Eddie Watkins. So powerful. Please visit, um, again, unity.org slash WDOP for World Day of Prayer if you've not seen them yet. But I had another experience this week in the struggle of standing in truth and moving from fear to faith because, you know, I, I, there, there are no coincidences in this world. So a thing comes up for you in your life sometimes just as a way to prep you for, for what's coming. Um, I, got a, I got a message this week. One of, one of my closest friends um, who have known since I was maybe 14 or 15 years old, and we're still very good friends to this day. Um, her sister sent me a message that, that she'd collapsed from a seizure, and it turns out there was a massive tumor in her brain, and they had to operate, and, and, and it was going to be a six- to eight-hour operation, and it was very risky because there was, the, the tumor was sitting right next to two, two uh, main uh, arteries that ran into the brain. and, and um, and it was one of those moments where all the fears around losing someone you love came up for me again. I spent two days first preemptively grieving the loss of my friend because like any loss that stands in front of you triggers all your losses all your previous losses and, and, and all the maybe unresolved grief and, and, and just the, the, the imagined sadness of, of what that means. And, and that's where I went at, at, at first. Um, and, and it was perfect because of what we had to read this week or what I read this week in this book that I'm doing this series on spiritual partnership because when I was triggered in that fear place, I had to ask myself, what is the frightened part of myself? Why was I afraid? Why was I so afraid of this? And it was, of course, the, uh, the fear of not just losing her, but the, the, 
fear of the pain that it would cause, the, the fear of the pain that it was causing now as my other griefs were triggered. And I, and I had to realize that, that the fear of me losing her was all around my attachments to her life and her being alive and, and, and attachments to us continuing a friendship that, that I always imagined would last a lifetime. And, and I had to challenge that frightened part of my personality so that I could finally get to that place of peace around the whole situation. But I'm getting a little ahead of myself. If you didn't see last week's talk or, or got yourself a copy of this book yet, Spiritual Partnerships, Journey to Authentic Power by Gary Zukov, this this may seem strange to you what I'm talking about. The the premise that Gary Zukov presents is that we are we are evolving. We are no longer just simply five sensory people who rely on the five senses of what we can see, you know, hear, touch, smell, taste, and 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 therefore just um, ruled by things that happen outside of us. We are we are what do you call multi-sensory people. We are we are we are aware of the intuition that works within us. We we have reprioritized the things that are important to us instead of competition and hoarding. We 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 are aware the cooperation and sharing is is how we evolve. Um, it's 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 not new news to those of us who've been on this spiritual journey. But what he's inviting us to realize is that we can take this to the next level through spiritual partnerships where it's a partnership between equals people for the purpose of spiritual growth which he defines spiritual growth as this journey into self-awareness and self-responsibility it's it's how we find and change the parts of our personality that do not intend what our soul intends that's how he phrases it, and, and, and it's a beautiful way of putting it. How we find and change the parts of our personality that do not intend what our soul intends. And these, these relationships are everywhere. Romantic relationships, friends relationships, family relationships, work relationships, spirit, people in our spiritual community relationships. And we can use these relationships to step into authentic power. I'll talk a little bit more in detail about how he defines and describes authentic power. But one of the things that really stood out for me in this, in this section, and this is, this is the, you know, the latter section of the first part of the book, um, and he talks about how becoming multi-sensory does not automatically transform our personality. And this is where, as spiritual seekers, I'll throw, throw myself under the bus. As a spiritual seeker, for many, many, many years, I took it for granted that if I did the spiritual work or if I relied just on my intuition and, and, I, and I realized and attuned to how I was becoming more than a sensory person, that, you know, I'd just automatically be a kinder, better person. But he challenges that premise. He says, becoming multi-sensory simply allows us to see and experience more. It doesn't just automatically transform our personality. If we allowed anger to disrupt our life before 
we open up ourselves to the multi-sensory experience, it's still going to dominate our life afterwards if we don't do the intentional transformational work for the personality. He says, if we lived in fear before by circumstances outside of ourselves, we're still going to continue to let fear be what drives us. He says, you cannot develop spiritually and remain vengeful, enraged, jealous, caught in the addictive sexual energy current, unable to stop eating or feeling overwhelmed, and so on. Spiritual growth requires locating, experiencing, and challenging the frightened and fear-based parts of our personality. So we can become awakened spiritually, but we still have to make the choice to do the transformative work of our personality and the frightened parts. Let's talk about that. What do I mean by the frightened parts of our personality? These are the parts of our personality that express fear, that are painful to experience, and create painful and destructive consequences. So you know that when things happen, there are parts of who you are that become, af that become afraid. And, and, and that's what we're talking about. And it hurts to experience when those parts of ourselves get triggered. Those are the frightened parts of ourselves that, that seek to avoid what's going on. But here's the thing. These frightened parts of ourselves are not parts we need to overcome. They're not obstacles to overcome. They're the actual pathways to our growth. These are the parts that we were truly born to heal within ourselves. Why? Because we cannot live from the frightened parts of ourselves and the loving parts of ourselves at the same time. We, we just can't. It's one or the other. And what often happens is when the frightened parts of ourselves are triggered, they control our thoughts and our actions. Why? Because we want to not feel the pain. We, want, we don't want to go there again. When we live from the frightened parts of ourselves, we're not living from the authentic divine power that we are. So let's talk about authentic power a little bit. Authentic power is that which shows up or we experience when we align our personality with our soul. So again, it's not about eliminating the personality or the ego. No, it's about bringing it into alignment with the soul. This is a, this is a common message in all our spiritual traditions. This is one of the essences of unity's teachings and messages. It's how, it's how fear and anger gets replaced by humility and, and love and, and forgiveness. It's how uh, when a sense of superiority, I got this figured out, is replaced by true appreciation. It's authentic powers when we, when we seek to consult our intuition and consciously choose our intentions. When we shift from thinking and experiences of right or wrong, good or bad, but it's about intentions and experiences. When we act from an empowered heart without attachment to the outcome. Without attachment to the outcome. And I don't know about you, but for me, I know that there's a frightened part of myself that's been triggered every time 
I feel it's got to be a certain way. It's got to look a certain way. It's got to feel a certain way. It's got to sound a certain way. And if it doesn't, it's wrong. We got to change that. That's the frightened part of yourself seeking to control the situation. Our work, our spiritual growth, our journey to authentic power is to realize we have to challenge those frightened parts of ourselves. We have to give without expectation, receive without reservation. We have to live from and in gratitude, live in and from true meaning, bliss, and joy. And let me speak a little bit about joy versus happiness, because often we confuse the two and think they're the same. They are not. Happiness is what happens when we try to get the frightened parts of ourselves what they want. When we try to get the frightened parts of ourselves what they want in order to not feel the pain of the frightened parts of ourselves, that's happiness. Happiness depends on what happens outside of us. And let's be clear, everything that happens outside of us is beyond our control. We cannot control anything that happens outside of us. But that's what happiness is. It's temporary, it's conditional. And, and when the frightened part of us gets triggered, we try to give it what it wants so it stops hurting us, like I said. And we seek to manipulate what's happening outside of us, the situation, the people. When my friend was going into surgery, for me, happiness would have been, she comes out of that successful surgery, recovers nicely, and she's the same old person again. That was happiness because that would have made the frightened part of myself that was afraid of losing her satisfied. Many of us are still not happy by this pandemic that's going on around us. Why? Because the frightened parts of ourselves got triggered by what we lost or by who we lost. Let's, bring it even, let's make it even more real for our situation at Unity on the River. If I was standing in front of you right now, I'd be like, let's get real. Are you ready to get real? And you would have probably been like, okay, what's he going to say now? But let's get real. Some of us are not happy because of the changes that our spiritual community has been going under for years, even years before I showed up. Less people attending. We just had to sell our building. And we're not happy. Why? Because frightened parts of ourselves were triggered by these things. And we believe that we're going to be happy when this pandemic is over, or we're going to be happy as a spiritual community when we find our new building. Or for some of you, we're going to be happy when we find a new minister. And we're going to be stuck in this cycle of frightened part being triggered. Let's try to control something outside of ourselves so that we feel happy. And it's going to last us for as long as another frightened part of ourselves gets triggered. And we in this cycle again and again and again. We get stuck and stagnation 
is the antithesis of growth. Happiness is not the goal. The goal is joy. What do I mean by joy? Joy is that ever permanent divine state of being that we don't need to create. We can't create it, in fact. And I love what Gary Zukov says, to experience joy, all we need to do is remove the obstacles to it. And how do we remove the obstacles to joy? Is we heal the frightened parts of ourselves. The parts of ourselves that, that, that doesn't enjoy change. The parts of ourselves that, that is triggered when, when, we, when we see our community struggling financially or, or for any of the other reasons. The parts of us that, that get triggered when, when it's a song we don't like or a message we don't like or whatever it, whatever it is that triggers the frightened parts of ourselves. <sighs> We've got to let those go so that we can experience the loving part of ourselves the parts that are content, that are grateful, that are patient, that are appreciative. Because here's the thing, folks. Happiness requires changing circumstances, including the people outside of us. Joy requires changing ourselves. And that's, that's the challenge in work. We get stuck in trying to make things happy the work is to experience the joy by changing ourselves my friend came out of her surgery yesterday it was successful it was very successful she woke up she knew who she was she knew where she was there's still a journey of recovery to go and that made the frightened part of me happy and that frightened part of myself is going to stay happy until maybe there's a hiccup in her recovery. Maybe there's a post-surgical relapse. I don't know. But you see where I'm getting at here? It's fleeting. The true joy of this experience came when I realized that I had to challenge that frightened part of myself and instead rest in the reality of a true loving relationship between friends that's existed for 30 years and that's always going to be myth with me regardless of if she lives, she dies, she returns to her full self. That's what I get to center in. That's where I find the true joy. That's where there is no fear. Happiness requires change in circumstances outside of ourselves that we have no control of. Joy requires change in ourselves. And that's what we need to live in. For each and every one of us, we need to live in our own joy. It is only when we are living in joy that the entire community, whether it's church, family, work, state, nation, will experience through authentic power. So if you're not happy with a situation, if you're not happy with someone in your life, good, because it is an invitation for you to look at what is the frightened part of yourself.
let it fall away so that you can experience joy and true, authentic power. So that's my invitation this week. Do you even know what the frightened parts of yourself are? Can you bear to look at them, face them, challenge them, and remove them as the obstacles to true joy? That's all I got for you today. I'm going to continue my work on that this week. And I'm grateful that I have my friend's experience to continue to challenge me to do my work. I hold the same for you as well. And to help anchor us in that, I think I'm turning 